Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Um, my name is Rick Harrell. I'm one of the staff pastors here. And uh, uh, welcome to the first Sunday of our 17th year. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? This is, last, Sunday, last Sunday we had a birthday party here. A lot of you were here and a lot of you guys served. By the way, we had uh, something like 400 people uh, out on the inflatables and riding the rides and listening to the music and eating the food and and uh it my understanding it was great i was in a meeting the whole time and uh why do i feel like this is falling it is falling okay better is that better can you guys hear okay okay that's better i think that's better so we had like 400 people here that were uh that were on campus on saturday and then on sunday morning during the three services we had over 500 people that worshiped with us. So it was a great weekend. Thank you guys for serving, for showing up, for being part of the team, for, uh, for being here on Sunday morning to, to add your voice to the praise and to the worship and all that was going on. Now, uh, I get not only to be the, the, the preacher for our first Sunday of our 17th year, which is a big deal, I think, but I also get to close out a series that, uh, that Pastor Tim began a few Sundays ago on the church as a healing body, as a church that seeks healing. What does it mean to be, to be healed in the church? How does, how does it all work? How do, we, uh, how do we deal with when we don't get healed? How do we deal with disappointments? How do we walk in faith in the midst of all that tension? And so today I get to, uh, I get to uh, close out the series. And uh, so, uh, so I want us to look this morning at the church as a community of healing and how we're to approach being that kind of a church. How do we welcome God's presence in the way that brings healing and that brings wholeness? How do we welcome that in our small groups? How do we welcome that in our serving teams? How do we welcome that in our relationships? And most importantly, how do we welcome that this morning during our service here? How do we welcome and how do we eagerly pursue God's healing power in our midst this morning. And so I want us to, uh, I want to close out the series talking about how do we proceed from here, from today, and how do we proceed through our service today to remain and continue to be a church that pursues and expects and asks God to bring healing in our midst. And you know, over the last few weeks, as we've actually gone through this series, we've seen God touch people and heal people. Uh, we, we, you know, we had the we had the guy from Jamaica, I think, that his shoulder was healed, and and uh, we prayed for other body parts to be healed, and God's touched and blessed and healed, and we prayed that that relationships that would be they would be healed. We prayed for emotional issues. We've asked them to be healed. God has, has showed up over the last several weeks and touched bodies and hearts and spirits and lives and relationships and brought healing. And so, uh, so th- this is a real practical 
part of who we are as a church. If you've been around the vineyard very long, you know that we, uh, we don't shy away from um, the, uh, the dicey topics, the, the um, controversial topics that sometimes are, uh, are before us in Scripture. And, you know, whenever you, uh, whenever you read the Scripture and read about healing, it's like, God, that could be messy. Do we want to really be involved in that? And we say, yes, what God did then, we want to see God do now. What God did in the first century church, we want to see God bring that kind of a blessing and power and healing and wholeness today as well. And so we don't want to shy away from dicey topics like this. We want to embrace what God is calling us to be as a church. So what does it mean to be a church that seeks and is eager to um, experience God's expression of healing in our midst? And so that's our topic this morning. And before we jump into the scripture, before we jump into the topic, there are, there are really, after, after we've heard several messages on this, and as we read the scripture and as we pray for people and God shows up, there really are, there really are two indicators that, that we can look for in our midst today that help us to see that God is in our presence and God is here to bring healing and God is, is blessing his church with his presence for making us whole First of all, there's a willingness to listen to God. There's a willingness to hear what he's saying to us. There's a willingness to, uh, to uh, well, when you read the Bible, anytime somebody was healed, there was somebody else involved. God was speaking to someone about praying for somebody. God was speaking to somebody about, about giving a word of encouragement to someone. And so there was someone involved who was listening to God. And God used that person to step out of this comfort zone or her comfort zone and pray for or bless or encourage or bring a word of healing to that person. And so there's this, this, uh, this willingness among us to listen to God. But then there's also this expression of faith that says to God, God, you may be doing something to me today. You may be wanting to, to heal me today. You know, and if we're really honest with the Christian faith and with our own faith is that we come to this we come to this needing wholeness. We come to this needing healing. We're, we're pretty broken up people. We bring a lot of baggage into our faith, don't we? And God has to touch us and heal us and bring us to that wholeness. And so there's this willingness to listen to God, but then there's also this expression of faith that says, oh yeah, I'm there too. I need God to touch me. I need God to heal me. I need God to make me whole as well. Peter and John were walking uh, up the temple steps uh, to go to worship. Not long after the church had been born, not long after the church had started, the Holy Spirit had come in power, and they were walking up these steps, and they walked by this, uh, this cripple who was at his station doing his normal daily alms gathering. And very likely, Peter and John had walked by this man before, he was at his station. This was his job. This was what he did. He was there on that step at that place on his mat with his hand out for help, for money, for alms. And when they walked by, they were listening to the Father, and the Holy Spirit spoke into their lives and said, you know, I have something else for this man than what he thinks he has. I want you to give it to him. And uh, when, when he looked up at them and he looked, they looked back down at him, they said, you know, I don't have any money for you. But what I do have, I offer you. Get up and walk. 
And he grabbed their hand, grabbed his hand, and walked, got up and walked, and went dancing into the temple in worship. That's what it means to be eager to see healing in our midst. We want to see people who are broken, who are wounded, who, who need physical healing. We want to see them dancing into the experience of worship because of what God has done in their lives. You know, the, the, the man at the step could have said, uh, no, I'm comfortable here. I like my mat. I like my income. I like the identity that I have here because I'm secure in that. I'm comfortable in that. But he didn't. He reached out, grabbed the hand, and experienced God's miraculous power. And so today we want to, uh, to have ears to hear what God's doing. But we also want to express our faith. And so I want you to pray with me that God would do this. Now, I've heard this about the 10 o'clock service, and I don't believe it, but I've heard this, is that you guys are the, not nearly as expressive as the 8.30 and the 11.30 services. I don't know where that comes from, but that's what I've heard. And so I want you to pray this with me, and I want you to say these two phrases out, uh, out loud. I want you to say this first. I want you to say, Lord, I'm willing to listen to you today, okay? Lord, I'm willing to listen to you today. And Lord, I express my faith to you for what you have for me. Lord, I express my faith to you for what you have for me. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, thank you for this, this, this gathering of worshipers. Thank you for each person that's walked in. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Thank you for, uh, for what you want to do through the, through the next few minutes. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring your healing power. I pray that you would increase our faith. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear what you're doing, that you would give us the right words and the right things to do, and that you would express your desire to bring wholeness to lives today. We listen, Lord, and we, we give you our faith. And we pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. All right, now before we look at our scripture for the day, uh, let me give you a couple of points of clarity. Uh, now, when we talk about something like healing and wholeness and, and the miraculous power of God, the church can get really good at, at making up disclaimers, can't we? Well, that's why they didn't get healed, because they didn't deserve it, you know. Or you didn't see that person get healed, and God's spirit didn't come because you didn't have the right words, or, or you just didn't have enough faith. So we, so we make up these disclaimers to kind of excuse what didn't happen that we thought would happen. In reality, all those things are false. It's not that you, it's not that you didn't have the right words. It's not that they didn't have faith. It's that God, in his, in his grace and his love for you, has a plan. And so these aren't, these aren't excuses, but these are disclaimers in a sense. These are clarity points that I want to give you. First of all, is the reality of our faith is that sometimes when we pray for somebody, God touches and heals and makes somebody whole instantly. Now, I love it when that happens because that's always what I'm looking for. I want to, you know, I, I kind of want the instant gratification of knowing, oh, yeah, God showed up. Yes, Lord. But it doesn't always happen like that, does it? In fact, healing very often is a process. It takes prayer, and it takes time, and it takes walking through these, these times of seeking God as a process. 
And, and a lot of times, that's the biggest miracle of all because God isn't just healing our bodies. God isn't just healing a relationship. God is healing our hearts. And he's making us more like himself. He's impressing the image of Christ onto our lives and making us look more like his son, Jesus. So God has timing and God has a process in place a lot of times when we pray for people. And then the second thing that I want to say is that in the practical experience of a community of faith that embraces the call to be eager to see God heal people, that seeks healing and that prays for healing, it can quite frankly get a little messy. It just can get messy. How God shows up and what God does and, and how he does his miraculous and how he brings healing sometimes is just not exactly how we would do it. But we embrace that God shows up and brings healing into people's lives. We embrace that messiness. We embrace that tension between the not yet and the already. We embrace that tension of saying, yes, God, you do make people whole instantly, but at times you're going to do things in a process. We embrace the tension between those two things. And when we hold that tension of faith, we grow in our faith and learn to depend on him but we also see God's miraculous power show up at times. In fact, you probably know people who are followers of Christ who hold this tension well, and they walk in this tension with a lot of peace and a lot of faith, and you really actually admire that about them because you know what they're going through. You know the experiences of life they have. You know what they're facing, and you know what they're seeking God for, and you know that they're in the process and they're doing it in faith, and they're walking in a peace that you really, really actually somewhat envy because God is at work in their lives. When we hold that tension and still trust him and believe what his word says, we grow in our faith, and there's something that's very inviting and very appealing in that kind of a peace that we walk in. So this morning, I want you as a church, I want us as a church to entertain the possibility that God at Seacoast Vineyard wants us to be a community of healing. In fact, I want you to entertain this question. And I really believe that this question, when we entertain this question, it can take us into a next level or a next step in our growth in our faith. So I want you to entertain this question. Is my Christianity big enough to allow broken people into my life and is my God big enough to hear me say when I'm broken and he wants to heal me? Is my Christianity big enough to allow broken people near enough so that I could touch them, pray for them, and have an effect on their lives and help to bring wholeness into their lives? Is my Christianity big enough to allow that? And is my faith in God big enough to actually tell him where I'm broken. Because a lot of times we hide that, don't we? We're quiet. We're silent. We don't reveal that to God, even to God. Is my God big enough to hear what I'm broken about and wants to heal me? And so as we look at this passage this morning, I want us to entertain the, that question and entertain that God wants us to grow as a community of healing in this place. Now our passage is found in the book of James. We're going to look at James chapter 5. The book of James is really a book of wisdom. 
that, that meets us right where our lives are, right where the messiness of our faith intersects with life. And, uh, and in James chapter 5, this, this half, actually James was the half-brother of Jesus, so he dealt with the messiness of relationships a lot. When he wrote the book of James, when he wrote this letter, he wrote it as a book of practical wisdom for people that were in the midst of hurts, the people that were in the midst of needs, people that were in the midst of brokenness and of relationship breakups and blowups and addictions and sins. And so he wrote this right into the midst of a very needy and practically uh, broken people who needed God's healing. And so I want you to look at the last chapter of James and we're going to look at verses 13 through 20. If you've got your Bibles here, uh, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. If you've got your iPad or whatever device you use. And we're also going to have it up on the screen here. And I want you to read silently while I read it out loud. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20 says this. If any one of you is in trouble, if any among you is in trouble. Now, does that start off practical or what? Yes, Lord, I'm in. I'm in line for that. I've got trouble, Lord. If any one of you is in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful, effective. And then he goes into an illustration that every person who had a Jewish background would have understood because this is one of the great miracles of the Old Testament. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed. And the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. God is about the miracle. God is about meeting needs. God is about answering prayer, he's saying. My brothers and sisters, if one of you wanders from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways, their way, will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So James is bringing this wisdom into this, uh, this church, this, uh, this church experience of trying to become a community of healing. And the first thing that he tells us in the midst of this is that, is that yes, if you're to be a community of healing, you need to be eager to see it. You need to pray for people. You need to find opportunities to extend healing and to extend wholeness. If you're to, to, uh, to display what Jesus brings to the table of people's lives, then you're to be eager to pray for others and eager to seek God to bring wholeness and healing to the broken. Now, I was in my small group one Friday night. And as you know, I'm the small group pastor here. Have I ever said to you that everybody really needs to be in a small group? I can't remember if I've ever said that. Everybody needs to be in a small group. Anyway, so I, uh, I was in my small group, and it was a Friday night. And we, we were winding things down. And as small groups often do, they wind down and then they ask for prayer requests. One lady in there asked for a prayer request. And she said, you know, I am just, I am just eaten up with fear. I just am bound by fear. It's keeping me from having relationships and, and pursuing 
uh, a, a real life outside my home. Can you pray for me? And so we circled around her, and, and we prayed for her, and she said, yes, you can put your hand on my shoulder and pray for me. And so we were praying for it. As we were praying, other people were praying, and the word brother just scrolled across my mind. And I had this image in my mind of Jesus standing behind her as her big brother. And uh, so it you know, kind of began to wind down, and I prayed. And I, I, I said, Lord, just remind her that you're near and that you are her big brother. That you are near and you are her big brother. Well, we were having refreshments later on, and she came up to me and said, You know, for most of my Christian life, I felt that God was very distant. That God wasn't near to me. That God was out there and he loved me, but he just wasn't close. And I couldn't connect with God. And I saw this, what you were praying for, that, that Jesus is my big brother and he's nearby. And, and that he is, is on my side, that he's close to me. And that helps me to, to see that fear has no place in my life. And so God touched her that night. God touched her because we were willing to listen to what God was doing, but we were also to, uh, willing to accept this expression of faith that she had, that God really wanted to deal with her and touch her. Prayer is often a conversation. We're listening to God, but we're listening to the person as, he, as they share a need. And somehow we connect our faith with what God's saying and what they're needing, and God does a miracle. God brings healing. Uh, one of my favorite authors is a man named Henry Nowen. And Henry Nowen uh, has written a lot of books on discipleship. He's counseled with people and, and helped, uh, helped people through uh, really difficult times and prayed for healings. And God has done a, an awesome thing in his life. And later in his life, he was uh, serving in a uh, retreat center. And he was going through a really dark time. In fact, he calls it in his book, the dark time of my soul, the dark night of my soul. And uh, here was this great man of faith, but he was depressed. He was bottoming out in his faith. And he really didn't know what to do or how to turn, where to turn. And he'd asked God to lift it, but nothing had happened. He went to his mentor, the person that was discipling him at the time. And it's always good to have two or three people in our lives that can just kind of help walk through things with us. And here was, here was Henry now, and he went to this man and he said, you know, I'm, I'm going through this really dark, dark time. And I don't know what to do. And, and his friend uh, wisely didn't look at him and say, well, you just need to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get on with life. He didn't say, you know, you need to take your own advice. You need to get better. You need to look at the bright side of things. He didn't say, here's step one, two, and three. This will get you through it. He, he went to him and he embraced him. And he prayed for him. And that helped bring him out of a dark, dark time. He says that he prayed, simply prayed for me, and he pulled me to his chest. And whether we pull one another into a hug that brings healing and hope and lifts up, or whether we give encouraging words, or whether we give a good piece of scripture that applies to a need in a person's life, or whether we pray for them and God touches them and heals them, whether we give them a, a, a blessing by, by uh, sharing out of our own sustenance or our own treasures, whether we tell them what God says about them, whatever we do, we bring hope and we bring healing and we lift them out of that darkness. We lift them out of that hopelessness. And God touches them 
and heals them. We're called to be a people who seek healing and wholeness for others. Oh, God also, if you're, if you're following along in your, uh, your handout and you're putting blanks down, God calls us to be a community of healing, but he also calls us to be a community of grace. He calls us to be a community of grace. Now, grace is one of those um, churchy words, isn't it? What is that? Yeah. How, what is grace? How, how do we live grace? How do we become a community of grace? And, and so unless we define it, it's really kind of hard to live it out, isn't it? Well, let me give you a definition of what grace is in the context of being a community of healing. This is grace in the midst of a community of healing. Grace is giving a gift from God to a person that helps them take the next steps toward healing and wholeness. Grace is giving a gift from God that helps them take a next step toward healing and wholeness. When you pray, when you encourage, when you give a word of encouragement, when you give a word of scripture, when you embrace, you want to take them the next step toward wholeness. You want to give them a gift from God that will help them to find healing and wholeness. Now, let me tell you what grace isn't, what grace doesn't do. Grace isn't giving a person a free pass to do whatever they want to do. That's not grace. And a lot of times we get that mixed up. We think that grace is, is saying, oh, well, you know, keep doing it. I mean, you'll get better. You know, just uh, we'll, we'll let you keep going like you're going. No, grace sometimes is, is, is tough, isn't it? Sometimes grace is actually showing them not a, a word to keep going in the direction they're going, but a corrective word. It doesn't mean we give them free reign, a free pass to do whatever they want to. That's not a gift. That's really enablement. Grace in this context is giving the person what they need at the moment in the dilemma they find themselves that encourages them to the next step toward wholeness and healing. Now, as you can imagine, this is a place where it gets a little, a little messy. How do we know what kind of word and encouragement and, and blessing and, and grace to give them. How do we know which way to go? Do we, do we let them keep walking like they're going? Or do we take a stand and say, you know, where you're going is destructive. That's not a good area. That's not a good way to go. Do we let them off the hook? Or do we say to them, you know, you can't go that way because it's destructive to you. But sometimes you put yourself out there so many times and you just really don't know whether to let it go any longer. And it gets messy. Our faith gets messy because there's that tension. God, come and heal and bring hope and, and change this person. But we need to continue to have grace for that person as well. Galatians chapter 6 gives us some help on this. And I want to read this verse and just make a couple of comments on it. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, it says this. Um, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. There's that grace element. But you're helping to restore that person. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. That is, you may be tempted along the same lines they were caught up in a temptation as well. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus says in John. He says, uh, a new commandment I give you. This is a new law. This is a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So how do you show love? 
you bear and carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. So each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anybody else. For each one should carry their own load. The operative word in this passage, because he deals with this messiness that happens in holding that tension of wanting a change and wanting a healing to come into that person's life and knowing that it's a process that we're having to walk through it with them. And so he addresses that tension and he says, yes, it is messy and sometimes it is complicated, but he says, don't carry it all by yourself. The operative word here is each other. Carry each other's burdens. Join together in the community of faith and help one another carry the burden that they're carrying. Extend grace. Extend forgiveness. Extend hope. Extend help. Carry one another's burdens. You may carry your own burdens, but God's given you capacity to come alongside of and go deeper into relationships so that we can bear one another's burdens as well. And it does get messy, but it brings help and healing and wholeness to their lives. The grace we show each other for those who need healing and wholeness helps to lift off that load of sin and that load of, uh, of brokenness that they carry. And you don't have to do it by yourself. Uh, that's an issue. Sometimes we try to carry it all on our own. And sometimes we need to take our pride and move it aside and say, you know, I need help. Help me to carry this burden that we're, that we're carrying together. And that each other comes into play. And God brings healing. And God bring, brings wholeness. And God impresses the image of Christ on the lives of the people who are involved. So God calls us to be a community of healing. God calls us to be a, a community of grace. But God also calls in our third fill-in to be a community of forgiveness. In order to be a, a community of healing and a community of grace, we also need to be a community of forgiveness. Now, forgiveness from God is essential in our lives, isn't it? In fact, when you came to Christ, that was the big issue, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm broken. I've screwed up. I've sinned way too many times. I have no hope. God, would you save me? Would you heal me? Would you forgive me? I want to be your child. And you, and you take what God, had de- God did on the cross through salvation and you appropriate it to yourself. And God forgives you and restores you and gives you a relationship with him. We also need that forgiveness every day because life taints us. Life brings things into us that causes us to be dirty and he cleanses us. We go to him and say, God, forgive us because of my attitudes, because of my words of unkindness, because of not doing what you called me to do. And God brings wholeness and God brings healing and, and God cleanses us and, uh, and, and makes us right with himself. And so I firmly believe that that kind of forgiveness needs to be in our lives on a day-to-day basis. But there's a different kind of forgiveness in the context of being a healing community. There's an incredible power when we look at someone and say, you're forgiven. I forgive you. You're forgiven. And when we pray for someone and they turn from what they've been going toward and they turn to God and we say to them, God forgives you. God extends you forgiveness. God has forgiven you. There's an incredible healing power in doing that. 
And so God calls us to have uh, um, a community of forgiveness. Now, Jesus, when he would heal somebody in the Bible, very often would say, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Because healing and forgiveness of sins is so, so tightly wrapped up. And James acknowledges this here. He says, pray for one another that you'll be healed. But he also says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And so there's this tying together of needing God's mercy for forgiveness and needing God's mercy for healing as well. And so when we, when we turn from sin, we open up the door for healing. But when we experience healing, God opens the door for repentance and forgiveness as well. We were praying for a young man one time, again, in a small group. And, uh, and this, uh, this, this guy had, uh, had, had come to us because he, he had come to a kind of a stale place in his spiritual life. He really couldn't go any further. He felt in his relationship with God, he felt like he was just kind of stifled in his faith. And we, and we were counseling with him and praying for him and, and asking him questions. And, and he said, well, you know, I, I've, just, I've got this animosity, this aversion to my dad. And it, it borderlines on hatred. And I, maybe that's a problem. Yeah, maybe a problem. Yeah. Let's deal with that. And as we talked with him, he, un, he unraveled what had happened to him as a kid. And he had, well, actually, he had been abused as a kid. His father had sexually and otherwise abused him. And he had gone through several years of just not having safety in his dad's presence. And, um, and yeah, so he was broken inside. He was wounded inside. And yeah, quite frankly, that happens a lot in, in our day. There's a lot of people who carry a lot of hurt from their childhood. They're broken. There's a broken uh, relationship with a father or a mother or, or, uh, or someone else, and, and they need healing. And, yeah, if we're there, we need healing. That's one of those things that, yes, God, you're big enough to hear what's going on, on, on in my life, and I believe that you can heal me. Well, that, that's a big issue today in a lot of people's lives. So we were talking with him and praying for him, and, we, and we, of course we prayed for him that God would heal his hurt and his heart, but we also walked him through repenting. And asking forgiveness from God. Hey, you may be thinking, well, this guy's not the problem. His dad's the problem. His dad's the one that was the ogre. You know, he's the one that's the problem. And you know, you're right. His dad is. But God didn't just want to heal this young man's heart from the hurt. He wanted to heal this young man's heart from the hatred as well. And so he was healed, but he was also forgiven. God wants us to experience both healing and forgiveness. And to be a community of healing, we have to be a community of forgiveness as well. When we ask somebody to be healed, we, we ask God to heal somebody, it's an invitation extended to them to repent and turn from sin as well. But listen to this. And this is a very important part of us being a, a community of healing. Is that at times we need to say to someone else, you know, I'm really weighted down by this, this issue, this sin, this problem. And I don't know where to turn. I need help. Will you pray for me? Will you help me seek God and seek his healing so that I can be whole from this? Will you help me to, to find healing? Will you help me to find help and hope in his presence? And so we go to, go to someone else and ask them to pray for us as well. Because of our sin. 
Now, you may be thinking right now, well, I'm not going to anybody else and telling them my sin because I know where I've been and I know what kind of sin I've got and nobody else needs to hear that but God. But time and time again, you've gone to God and said, God, bring healing and wholeness to this area of my life. Help me to get through this. Help me to find healing. And time and time again, God said to you, I bring forgiveness to you, but you keep going back to it. You keep finding yourself in the same circumstance or you keep finding yourself in the same hurt or the same brokenness. See, we who are Christ followers are being made whole. We're being healed. And at times, we just need to go to God with our daily stuff. You know, the snippy attitudes, the, you know, the wrong words, you know, the wrong thoughts, and God cleanses us. But what about that ongoing issue where you just bully people and you leave wreckages of relationship behind you? Or what about that ongoing addiction to chemicals or to porn? And you just can't get past it. What about that, uh, believing that lie of worthlessness that you have no value and you live out of that lie and really feel that you have nothing to offer God and you have nothing to offer to the world and you are of no value because you believe that lie or, or that tendency to take people for granted and really to manipulate them and use them for your own goals and your own agendas and you've left wreckage in relationships all behind you. You've taken these to Christ, and God forgives you for the moment, but it seems like you go right back. God says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. God says, I provided the body of believers, I provided the community of healing so that you could be healed. And God speaks to you about that. And you get prayer, and God extends that grace and God extends that forgiveness. And God extends that healing. And you're changed. And people walk through that with you. And you come out on the other side of it healed and hope, uh, filled with hope. And you're whole again. So sometimes we just need to choke back our pride. And go to someone that we trust. And say, would you pray with me and pray for me? Now I've got one more point that I want to bring. And uh, this, this last point. Um, um, well, before I do that, um, we here at Seacoast Vineyard have a community of healing. Every Sunday morning, we have a circle of people who will pray with you. They're called our prayer team. And our prayer team this morning, especially, we've, we've asked a lot of our small group leaders who are part of our prayer team to be a part of this experience. We're going to, during our worship time, we're going to uh, have our prayer team available so that they will be a circle of prayer around you uh, to bring that healing and to bring that wholeness, to bring that, that transformation that you need, to bring that, uh, that, that sense of God is hearing and he's extending grace to me today. And so I'm going to invite you that since you've already entertained the question that God may speak to you, I'm going to invite you to, to join in a circle of prayer, a community of prayer this morning. And let God touch and let God heal and let God bring wholeness uh, to you. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to open that up during our, our worship time. So uh, in just a couple of minutes, we're going uh, to make that 
available to you. Well, my last point, my fourth point, is that for to be a community of healing, to be a community of grace, to be a community that extends forgiveness and receives forgiveness, we also become a community of transformation. God changes our hearts. God heals our bodies. God restores relationship, and he transforms our circumstances. One of my favorite verses, this is actually one of my life verses, is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And this is one of my life verses because I need this verse in my own life. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Therefore, is anyone, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ is another way of saying, yes, you've come to Christ, you're in, you're his, you're his child, you've accepted him for salvation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, this morning you may feel like, that ain't me. Uh, the old man is definitely here. My old nature is still very, very active. Well, we're all on the way, but God says the old is gone, the new is here. God says the old is gone, and the new is here. God says the old is gone, and the new is here. That is good news. What he says about us, we get to walk in. What he says about us, we get to begin to live in. It may be a, a process, and it won't be completed till we get to the other side and we spend eternity with him in heaven, but it, we get to experience what God says about us. The old is gone, and the new has come. God causes us to become a community of transformation. Now, uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, and I want us to pray together. And we're going to have circles, a community of healing all around this auditorium that you can go to so that God can meet you where you are. I'm telling you, you're a new creation. That's what God says. He hasn't recycled you. He hasn't repurposed you. He hasn't given you a fresh coat of paint. He says to those who are in Christ, the new has come, the old is gone. And we can get together and pray for each other so that God will meet that need and cause that to be a reality in our lives. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And then I'm going to ask you to find a circle of prayer, a community of prayer this morning as you need healing. I'm going to ask you to do that. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you are big enough to hear where we need healing and help and wholeness. And you're big enough to meet that need. Thank you, God, that you call us to be a community of healing. You call us to pray for each other. You call us to hear where we failed. We, you call us to hear where we're broken. And you apply healing into our lives when we pray for each other and when we extend forgiveness to one another and we show each other grace. So come, Lord, and be the big God who brings healing to your people today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.